Good morning. Again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. The witness of every child of God should be that life with Jesus is far superior to life without him. In Christ, we are blessed to receive that to which we are not entitled and spared that which we had coming. In Christ, we are raised to life from death. In him, we have all spiritual blessings and are led by God's spirit. Life is better in Christ and with Christ. Uh, The testimony of the psalmist in Psalm 37, verse 23, he says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in in his way. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. Uh, We want to direct your attention again to 1 Timothy 4, uh, the same text that we had on last Sunday, but the focus this week will be uh, verse 14 as opposed to verse 13 on last Sunday. Uh, We want to read again there verse 14. Paul says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Based on uh, the words of Paul to Timothy, we want to use this morning as a subject, neglect not the gift. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in 1 Timothy 4, there is, and particularly by personal application, a very important admonition from the Apostle. Undoubtedly, all of us have given and received gifts. And I'm sure we've all heard the old saying, it's not the gift, but the thought that counts. And I'm sure you have, as I have, received a gift that I wouldn't have chosen for myself. Depending on whom the gift is from, you might still use or wear it anyway. And in such a case, you are showing regard not for the gift, but for the one from whom the gift was received. I I don't know about you, but in my time, I've proudly worn macaroni necklaces and construction paper neckties. Now that's fine when it's from the kids when they're young and you wear it with all the parental pride you have in you. But if Sister Cook, (laughs) amen, you know, I I just think after 30 years, you know, 30 years warrants something more than a construction paper necktie. You, You know, if it's the thought that counts, you don't think very much of me after all this time. But when we talk about gifts, God is the gift giver supreme. God's gifts are such that you never need the receipt in case you want to return it. When we talk about the gifts that God gives, salvation is a gift. I remember Paul saying in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace through faith are you saved, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a gift. 
you remember Acts 2.38 where uh, Peter declared, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And even the goodness of God is a gift. So much so that James said in James 1 verse 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turn. However, when we consider the word gift in the context of Paul's admonition to Timothy, Paul is not talking about a material possession to be given or received. He's not talking about an envelope filled with money. In the context here, and for our personal application, the word gift is synonymous with talent or ability. So when Paul says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, he's telling Timothy that God has given you the ability to do something. And Timothy, I want you to be sure to use whatever that something was. Paul doesn't tell us specifically in the text. And I believe that because what the gift was isn't the thing that's really important. The thing that's really important, Timothy, is that you use what God gave you. Now, Timothy evidently knows what the gift is. And I don't need to worry about what Timothy's gifts were. I need to try to find out what my gifts are. It's clear from the context that this gift, whatever it was, enabled Timothy to serve God and his kingdom. And again, he says, Timothy, don't neglect the gift. Now, the word neglect means to be careless or, or, or unconcerned. So the charge to Timothy is not to disregard the gift he had been blessed to receive. In the word neglect, there is an inherent and emphatic implication of unfaithfulness. The word as it is used in the text would not indicate ignorance, but apathy. Timothy was called to the contrary to treasure, use, and develop his gift. You know, but it's easy to neglect things because all you have to do to neglect something is nothing. You know, neglect requires no proactivity. It requires no action, no effort. And when we talk about gifts, God has given us individually and collectively gifts. And I want to say, appreciate, when we talk about gifts given from God, that they don't necessarily have to be miraculous in nature. But as God has given us gifts, it's possible to neglect them. So even as Paul admonished Timothy, neglect not your gift, I just think it's good if every now and then we are reminded not to neglect the gifts that God is, has given us. There are some vital things we need to remember when it comes to the abilities or talents with which God has blessed us. And I submit to you, number one, when we talk about the gifts that God has given us, we need to remember that gifts are given by God to be used for God. In your Bibles, in 1 Peter 4, in verses 10 and 11, Peter says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
Now, Peter said a mouthful there, and, and appreciate one of the, the uh, takeaways that we need to get from what Peter said. One of the ways in which our gifts can be used to glorify God is to serve one another. Did you know that's what God brings us in the church for? Not to be served, but to serve. And so I ought not be talking about what I got. I ought to be looking for what I can give. But it's just so when you give, God has this way of turning things that when you give, you also receive. But, but it also works that you, you receive in proportion to what you've given. So if you don't serve much, then it's probably reasonable to expect that I won't be served very much. But inasmuch as our abilities have been given to us by God, Peter further declared that we ought to be good stewards of our gifts. And somebody said, now, preacher, I'm with you. I, I get that gifts are abilities or talents and, and, and that we ought to use them in God's service. I, I'm right with you in all of that. My problem is not in understanding what we ought to be doing. It, it, my problem is more, how do I know what my gifts are? You, you, you ever wonder that? You, you ever sit down and give some thought to what has God blessed me to be able to do? And I want to be careful to say, God has blessed all of us to be able to do something. Now, I just need to figure out what it is that God has blessed me to be able to do. And this can be problematic because, you know, people don't come with user manuals. You know, it might be nice if they did. I can remember when our kids were born. And, you know, they just, they just turn you loose from the hospital and let you go. And, you know, I'm just, you're just going to send us home with this child like this. I don't know anything about taking care of a baby. Don't you have a, a, a book or some hints or something? Look, we got to raise this kid. Well, people don't come with user manuals, so it's not always easy to figure out what it is that God has blessed me to be able to do. And I don't profess to be able to tell everyone what their gift is, although I might be able to help you with what your gift is not. See, see if you sing like Barney Fife, song leading is not your gift. And now, now the one thing I know is that a thing is not my gift simply because I enjoy it. See, want to does not equal able to. Now, now I might want to do certain things, but that don't mean that God has made me able to do it. You know, everybody can talk, but everybody's not a teacher. Now, now you think that's not so? Just have open mic night during Bible class. Just let every brother come up and have a turn teaching class. You'll soon get, there's more to teaching than just having a voice. There's more to singing than just knowing how the song goes. Just because I have a voice don't mean singing is what God has gifted me with. And it's good to know what your gifts are. Because see, folk may not tell you what your gift is, but they sure enough talk about you. I don't know who told him he was a song leader. Amen. If you want to know what your gift is, let, let me, let me, if you want to know what your gift is, ask some honest friends. Now, notice I didn't just say ask honest people, because people can be brutally honest sometimes. I ask an honest friend. See, a friend to find a nice way to tell you that ain't your talent. Now, now you, you, you know, we boys, you're you not Luther, you're not Patty, you, you know, I, it, it, but, but you're something. We, we, we just got to figure out what it is you are. But when you ask honest friends, be willing to receive honest counsel. See, a friend is trying to help you, not make you feel good about something that's not so. Now, now just because I want to do something doesn't mean that's what God has gifted me and graced me to be able to do. A friend will let you know. 
See, now, somebody, you know, that don't care much about you, they'll set you up for failure. Yeah, brother, stay with it and apply yourself. Now, you can stay with it and apply yourself. Some things are just not what God gave you to do. And I need to know me and understand what it is my gift is and then find a way to use my gift to serve others. And in serving others, I'm also serving the Lord. But not only is it true that gifts are given by God to be used for God, but I submit to you when we talk about the gifts that God gives, we must choose to be used. There must be a willingness to serve before we can serve. Have you ever seen somebody set to a task that didn't have a willing mind? You know, some, if you find somebody that doesn't have a willing mind, it, rather than set them to a task, it might just be easy to go ahead and do it yourself. You know, why do you think the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver? See, God doesn't need us. I, I don't have to haggle with you to try to get you to do something. I, I, look, I, I've created the entire universe. I, I could make somebody better than you to do the job that I'm giving you the privilege of doing. And appreciate that serving God is about much more than activity. You can be busy, but not busy serving God. You can just be busy in your busyness. And there must not only be a willingness to be used, but to be used however God wants to use me. You know, sometimes we don't mind being used. It's just a matter of, Lord, of how you use me. And whenever I say that, I think about Brother Jonah. I don't think Jonah minded being a preacher. I just think Jonah had a problem with the assignment God gave him. Well, well, see, Jonah, if you're going to serve, you have to be willing to go wherever I send you. you. You don't get to choose your assignments. See, if you're choosing your assignments, then you're no longer my servant. You're now serving Jonah because you're doing what Jonah wants to do. See, a contrary spirit insists on choosing its assignments. But the admonition given by Paul calls for Timothy to make a choice. Timothy choose to be used. I know Ephesus may not be uh, 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 the best job in the world. It may not be the easiest place to serve. But, but Timothy, serve God where God places you. Remember, Peter informs us back in 1 Peter 4, uh, uh, 10 and 11, uh, uh, that uh, our gifts are a matter of stewardship. And, and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, that it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, faithful means God can just depend on us. You know, a faithful person, you can tell them what to do and then just forget about them. Because I can depend on you to do what I told you to do. Now, I'm not saying God forgets about us, but, but I'm trying to help us understand the idea of faithful. See, faithfulness is called for because it is of choice. See, God doesn't make us serve. He doesn't make us obey the gospel. God allows us to choose to be used. But God says, if I'm going to use you, I'm not going to haggle with you. Now, now, if you want to fight and fuss about what assignment you get, I can use somebody else. You know, we, we need to remember, God doesn't need us. He just chooses to use us. And to be clear, some of the things that can be considered gifts, we should all be doing. Now, in Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, now, you don't have to run over there. I'm going to refer to it in my next point. But, but in Romans 12... Paul lists some gifts, and among those, he says that exhorting and being merciful are gifts. 
Now, I submit to you, if you are a child of God, you ought to be busy exhorting other people. If you are a child of God, having received mercy, we ought to be merciful people. You know, the children of God ought to be the most merciful people in the world because we ought to understand mercy like nobody else does. But some people have a particular giftedness to do these things more extensively. Now, now you take a Barnabas, for example. I think everybody should be an encourager, but Barnabas was an encourager's encourager. If you wanted an example of encouraging, you just tell folks, go watch Barnabas. Man, it's just something, Barnabas just had that spirit about, just, just glad to be encouraging folks, just, just always a good word. And encouraging, I believe, was Barnabas' gift. Well, all of us ought to be encouraging, but we are not equally so. Some of us have been gifted by God to be encouragers. You know, some of us, are, uh, you know, when somebody just got their wet blanket out and crying the blues, uh, some of us are the folk you look for. You know, when, when somebody just depressed, I, I, I think about Brother Ian. You know, when you're feeling blue, just go spend some time with Ian. Now, now if you're still feeling blue after that, then, then boy, you, you got some blues, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, you got some blues of a, a deep kind. Well, everybody's not that way. You know, we know what encouragement is, but some of us, we just say, man, you just need to get over it. You need to move on. Every gift is not miraculous in nature, and everybody is not gifted to the same extent. Which leads me to the third consideration this morning. Use the gift in you. God has created each one of us different. I am not you, and you are not me. And the surest way to fail in life is to try to be somebody other than who God created me to be. You ever try to imitate somebody only to find out you are not them? Uh, you know, sometimes that, that, that can have some serious implications when you try to do that. Now, some things maybe not so much, but, but I need to learn to be me. Now, I'm not saying you can't learn from other, other people's example. Uh, I'm not saying that there's nothing about other people that you can learn, but, but I need to learn to be me. See, everybody is not a Moses. Everybody is not an, a, a Joshua or an Elijah or Peter or a Paul. I, I believe God called Moses because Moses was Moses. You remember what the Bible says about Moses? Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. Now, I know where Moses got his meekness from. He got it from God. And everybody wasn't suited to lead Israel because if you didn't have Moses' meekness, the last thing you wanted to do was be trying to lead the Israelites anywhere. See, the Israelites would turn on you in a heartbeat. You know, we, we don't have anything to eat. We don't have anything to drink. See, some of us, we would have got so fed up, we would have let them right on back to Egypt and said, y'all just stay here. God called Moses because Moses was uniquely suited based on the gifts that God had given him for the task that God had called him to. And I think we all know something about wanting to be somebody else. I would venture, I'm going to speak for the brothers since, since I'm a, a, a male. Brothers, especially if you liked sports when you were young, there was somebody that you watched that, that you patterned your game after and you wanted to be that individual. So much so until, uh, you know, one fella made all kinds of money on a commercial. I, I think it says something, I want to be like Mike, or if I could be like Mike. Well, you see people down at the, you know, in front of the basketball go dribbling around, uh, trying to be like Mike. Well, well, see, Mike was gifted by God to do what he did. Everybody can't be like Mike. 
I'm sure if there were a bunch of Mikes, there, there would have been more people making money off of what Mike did than just Mike. Well, when it comes to the gospel, everybody can't be somebody else. In your Bibles, in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, Paul has a word there about gifts. And he says in Romans 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Now, appreciate what Paul says. The gifts you have, you have because those are the ones that God gave you. Now, I just believe God don't make mistakes. If there are certain gifts I don't have, I, I, I don't think God overlooked giving me that. I believe that the gifts that I need to have and the gifts that God gave are the ones that I should have based on how God wants to use me. And, and I believe God is uniquely suited to look at us before we are ever created and decide these gifts would suit you. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness." If I understand what Paul is saying, I am who I am, and you are who you are by the creative hand of God. God made us to be who we would uh, best, made us how we would best be suited to serve him in his kingdom. And, and if there's anything I think we need to take from what, what Paul has said, don't quit on being who God has called you to be. You know, sometimes you look at other folk and you want to be like them, and you want to be like them so much that you can't be content being yourself. Yeah, don't quit on being who God has called you to be. Maybe you're not a great orator. Well, if God didn't give you that gift, then you shouldn't have it. Maybe you don't have the best singing voice. Well, if God didn't give you a good singing voice, then leading songs wasn't in the cards for you. But whatever it is that God blessed me with, that's the gift that I should have. And I ought to be thankful that God graced me with it and find a way to use it to his glory. And appreciate all gifts matter. Paul wanted the Christians to understand that. Your gift may not put you in the spotlight like somebody else's gift does. But the gift came from God. God wants you to use it in his service. It may not get you attention from men, but in the final analysis, what does that add up to? People see you and so what? Does it mean you get a higher place in heaven because people saw you? One of the things we ought to be careful to remember is that my situation may not be somebody else's situation, but my situation is not somebody else's situation. You may not be a great orator. You may never get to stand up in front of a crowd and teach and be seen. Well, well, you don't get up in front of the crowd to be seen in the first place. That's a good way to embarrass yourself. But guess what else you don't get if that doesn't happen? It, it, you don't get all the critical analysis that comes with being in front of an audience. You pronounce the word this way and it should be pronounced that way. Uh, you don't get all the disagreement that comes from being in front of an audience. You know, the wise old preacher once told me, 
you're not right just because you say something. And you're not necessarily wrong just because people disagree with you. You know, if you're going to spend time in front of folk, you need to remember things like that. You know, because some well-meaning soul, you know, they're going to take exception to something you said, and they're going to come go around with you. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. And that's what you better be thinking the whole time they want to go around with you. Don't quit on being who God has called you to be. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, don't neglect the gift. It's, it's, it's not just about the gift. It's about the one that you receive the gift from. You know, as a parent wears that macaroni necklace with pride because it's from their child, the gifts that we have are from God. So it's not even about the particular gift that God gave me. It's the fact that the God who blessed me to be saved in Christ Jesus gave me the gift in the first place. I ought not neglect the gift, but I especially ought to regard the one from whom the gift was received. Use your gift, Timothy. While you're setting things in order there in Ephesus, while you're giving attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine, use the gifts that God has given you. Sometimes we just need to sit down and stop and just, uh, just examine ourselves. What is my gift? I should say, what are my gifts? Because I believe God gives us multiple gifts. And how can I use them in his service? Now, necessarily, it's not restricted to the worship service. But in the kingdom work, how can I use the abilities that God has given me? And when I find how I can use my gifts in God's service, I ought to serve God with everything that I have in me. Because we ought not ever give God anything less than our very best that he enables us to give. When you look at God's gifts, God always gives the best. When we needed a savior, God sent heaven's best. When God wanted to bless us, he placed us in the best place we could be placed after we obeyed the gospel. God calls us by the gospel to be blessed with the best gifts that one could ever receive. He requires that we hear the good news that Jesus is the Christ, Romans 10, 17. That we believe that very fact, John 8, 24. That we be willing to repent of sin, Luke 13, 3. Make the confession of faith in Christ, Matthew 10, 32, and then be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. And then based on the abilities that he's given us, he calls for us to serve in his kingdom that in all things he might be glorified. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.